What's up everyone? Welcome back to Going For Two With... Well, I guess it's just me here today, um, Going For Two With Hunter 2. So, yeah, yeah, bye week. Let's have some fun. Uh, we have, I believe, three guests today, which is pretty fun. Gonna, gonna kind of shake it up there. No, we've only had one guest ever, but we'll see what's happening. Um, for those who don't know, Jack and Courtney got married. Congrats to the Taylors. Yeah, um, they're in Mexico right now, and that brings me to Jack's opening, which, you know, I have to do now, which is the first. Um, I think I'm going to go for a Thursday morning advice here and say, don't drink the water. Okay, okay. Normally, there would be someone here to bounce that off of me, but, you know, we, we take those. Um, hope you all like that Thursday morning, I guess, advice. Um, but let's get into our first guest. Um, welcome to the show, Cam Black. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Nice, nice to have you. Um, so, uh, you run the unofficial Hill State account. Um, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about who you are. I mean, I know, like, you run that account and everything. I've, I've seen you've been posting for years, so just tell everyone about you. I'm right. sure they already know. <laughs> yeah, so not a lot of people know my real name, which is Cam Black. Uh, a lot of people call me unofficial. <laughs> it's kind of like my... I call you unofficial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's on the message boards. That's what most people call me on there. But uh, but yeah, man, I, I st I've been a Mississippi State fan my whole life. Mm -hmm. A lot of my family has gone to state. Um, the other half of my family went to Ole Miss, so mm -hmm. it's a family rivalry. The little house uh, shore sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, especially, like, during the holidays when everyone has to be under one roof. Um, but yeah, so, you know, growing up, everything was, you gotta know your stats, you gotta know your players, you gotta know your history, and, mm -hmm. uh, I just en engulfed myself with a cowbell, in order to argue with my cousins and um, never looked back since but in 2015 I was trying to figure out a way to like I wanted to know more and more about like other sports besides football mm -hmm. which is like the main topic right yeah I never never really found it and uh, decided you know what I'm, I'm pretty good at social media so I'm gonna dabble in it and kind of made an account where it doesn't just focus on football or mm -hmm. baseball or basketball, which is like the big three, right? Yeah. So I try to show love to every athlete at Mississippi State, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah, that's something that when we started um, in, I guess it was 2020, we were we wanted to focus on everything, but the other athletics kind of went down during that time. Um, so so we never really did many basketball uh, podcasts. Um, I think think we did one and it was they got eliminated and then we went on to baseball, um, right? So 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 that was a little bit of uh, a weirdness of like when when we started this, but I mean that that's awesome what you do. Um, you being good at social media is the opposite of us, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. Um, quick shout out the bellsmith I, I've seen on your page. He's a friend of you. Um, he's also a friend oh, yeah. of us. He was our first sponsor. He got us a sick custom cowbell. Um, great guy. Just wanted to throw that out there. We haven't given a bellsmith plug in a while, but great stuff and everything. So, yeah. And I guess with that... Oh, yeah. We got. We actually have a, a good giveaway coming out uh, for the Georgia game that's mm -hmm. actually on my page. 
that's going to include one of the Bellsmith's bells. His bells so, are so cool. Be on the lookout. Oh, yeah. I have like three of them. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I guess let's go ahead and start. Um, we're going to start with our recap of Notable Games last week. And I didn't watch all of these, but I, I, I kept up with a good few of them. And the first one is Clemson over Syracuse, 27-21. to 21. Um, This was, other than Notre Dame, and I guess now South Carolina is a, is a, a big opponent, Clemson's last test of the year. Because no one's going to come from the Coastal and beat them. And, I mean, if they can get through undefeated, they, they have a playoff spot. So, so that was a really big win for them. Kind of an ugly win. It was sad to see Garrett Schrader not succeed at the end, but, you know, stuff happens. Um, yeah. But the next game, um, LSU over Ole Miss. The frauds are gone. Um, LSU wins 45-20. to 20. Um, Yeah, Brian Kelly may be a pretty good coach. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty much With, my takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the year, you know, we thought, uh, is, is it like there's – a fake accent can only get you so far. Yeah, and in the South, and you gotta win. Yeah, and I think I think this win will do a lot for him. And I, I know LSU historically owns Ole Miss in Baton Rouge, and, and even at, not in Baton Rouge, but that like number was Ole Miss number seven going into LSU and just getting destroyed. Um, Ole Miss didn't score yeah. a touchdown in the second half, which I'm not even sure if they scored a point to be honest. But, yeah, that game happened. Um, glad to see that one. LSU's kind of terrifying now. I mean, whenever, I mean, there's a game against Bama coming up at Baton Rouge. That, that, one's, a little, that one's a little weird now. They're always scary. They're always scary in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. You never know what LSU team's going to show up. Um, I actually watched this game. This mm-hmm. one was one of the ones I wanted to watch over the weekend. I, I'm, I do my due diligence when it comes to uh, opponents. Right, the Egg Bowl, especially with my family history. So yeah. I've been scouting Ole Miss. I think I pay attention to them as much as I do State. I've kind of just, paid attention just, to them more than State this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've watched them so, so much. They played really good in the first half. LSU did not. And then it just turned around and blew them out of the water. I mean, and I, that's exactly I loved what every second when of we it. played in Baton Rouge. Uh, I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. were, we were killing them the first three quarters, and then just, just something happens. And if that's the Jaden Daniels that LSU gets for the rest of the season, I, I mean, tell me a team that's going to beat that. I, I mean, he's, he's really good right now. And, and yeah, like, that Alabama I, game's going to be the one to watch. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. Um, so next, we have Oregon over UCLA. Um, yeah, the Conference of Cannibals continues. Um, so now you have three <laughs> one-loss teams. The the one question is yeah they were just beating the each other out there, like that's the yeah only question. it's up for grabs right now for sure. Yeah. I mean, Pac-12 looks really really good right now, but dang they just kill each other, and yeah, uh, uh, Bo Nix is really really good this year. Um, I, I don't I don't you probably don't know this, but I have a weird relationship with Bo Nix. Um, so it started out as like we were kind of joking about like oh Bo Nix sucks, and then. <laughs> Somehow throughout it, I ended up liking Bo Nix, and now I defend Bo Nix. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just kept he, on watching. He won you over. He did. Uh, uh, I will say Bo Nix at home. If there's ever a pick, 
uh, will pick Bo Nix at home just because he's insane. Like, there's not a weirder player in college football. Yeah, I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he got out of his his past situation. It's like one of those guys that gets out of a bad relationship. You know, you kind <laughs> yeah. of root for him a little bit. So, you know, we're rooting for you from the you know the other side of the country. But yeah, I mean, I I love seeing them succeed at Oregon, proving the doubters wrong. I guess, kinda. But yeah, yeah, it's really good for Oregon. Um, they they're they look like a really good team right now. Uh, with their only loss being like a lot to nothing against <laughs> Georgia at the beginning right. of the year in Atlanta, the year after they won their first national championship. So I mean that 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 loss kind of gets swept under, in my opinion, by the playoff committee. Um, yeah, it should. Next game, South Carolina over Texas A and M. Beamer ball. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. Um, a and M is now imploding. Uh, they've Jimbo. <laughs> suspended four players for um, smoking pot in the locker room before this game. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, There's a lot going on there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's I always, not fun in Aggie land. I always envisioned the downfall of Jimbo Fisher to be more fun than this. <laughs> but this is kind of sad. Yeah. And the one thing I don't understand with his buyout, and people like, oh, they can't afford his buyout. I mean, you still have to pay him all that money. I mean, or do you think he's going to get better than this? You're going to fire him eventually. <laughs> like, right. you still have to pay him the $10 million next year. It's not like... And they'll the... figure out the money. Yeah. Like, I mean, have you seen gas it's prices It's a cult right out now? there. They, They're going to figure they it out. They have the yeah. money. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> next game, Oklahoma State over Texas. Um, Texas may not be great. Um, Quinn Ewers... I, I don't I don't understand Texas right now. Um, Steve Sarkeesian may not be great, but you can't do anything to Sark because he got Arch. So Texas is in a weird position. Exactly. Hope it turns around. It's gonna get ugly before it gets better. See, I thought last year would be the ugly. You would think, yeah. but I I don't know. I have a feeling it's gonna get. I think it's going to get better for them, and then they're going to join the SEC, and it's going to get a little worse. It's it's going to be up and down roller coaster ride for for all Texas. Yeah, and and I guess I guess that leads us perfectly into the best team in Texas is TCU, and they beat Kansas. Yeah, State who saw that coming? Thirty-eight to twenty-eight. Um, this this is a weird season for them. I believe they have knocked out five starting quarterbacks. It's either five or four starting quarterbacks out of the game. And then make stupid comebacks, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, TCU. If they run the table, that's a playoff team, which is really, really weird. I don't think anyone would have thought that before the season. Yeah, whoever's writing the book or the movie script over there is going to make a lot of money one day. Um, they're, it's they're, really weird that TCU's the best team in Texas right now, like, and they don't even spend that much and compared I'm not to even the other. Sure, ones. who the second best team in Texas is? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I guess I guess A and M, I get maybe I don't I don't know, but uh, that's it for the for the notable games. Um, now we're gonna get into the to our Bama review. And one of the things I was excited for for um, bringing Cam on was having someone else's point of view of Mississippi State um, on this podcast. Because me and Jack we we started this in 2020, 
and we've we've watched all of the Mike Leach stuff. We've talked about all the Mike Leach stuff every week. So our opinions have kind of formed together. So neither of us brings like anything new to the table or anything. It's just kind of like let's wait and see. We we're sitting in our opinions, but I'm really excited to see your opinions on this um on the season, this game, and everything. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was an exciting game to watch in the beginning, and then it just got sad. Yeah, I was at a wedding of, that was like uh, it was just happiness during this. So so I felt nothing about this game. <laughs> I've never I wish I had been at the wedding. A fall wedding more than this one. <laughs> You picked a, a decent weekend to do it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jack. It was, it, yeah. He picked he picked a, a good one to not have to watch. Mm-hmm. I think he might have done that on purpose. Yeah, um, he did. <laughs> I mean, it was a game for the first half. Mm-hmm. Well, for the first quarter, and then the second quarter, it was almost like it got to the point where after the first penalty flag was thrown. From then on, we played soft mm-hmm. on defense. Like, there were some guys that were still pushing hard. Obviously, you're going to play hard, but it was almost to the point where it was like, oh, like, I, like there was a fear that I don't want to get flagged. Yeah. So there was blown coverages. We stopped getting to the quarterback. Like, there was a whole implosion within ourselves on defense. Mm-hmm. And and I guess there's, there's one thing. Um, if there's a quarterback that you would take against our defense in, in, in college football, heck, like almost in football, it's Bryce Young. Um, with his elusiveness, his big playability, I, I mean him against a team that isn't really good at getting, to, like, getting the quarterback down and that sends mm-hmm. a lot of pressure, I mean there's going to be deep throws available. And, and, I mean, if there's a quarterback to – to pick apart this defense, it would be him. Right. I, I, and that's exactly that's what happened. For him. And I mean, even yeah, with that's that, exactly we, what happened. we outgained them. Um, I, I did see like the, the game cast at the beginning. Uh, we had two drives into like almost the red zone, right? And like the first yeah. quarter. Oh, yeah. I, 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 it no seemed points. like our offense was clicking. Offense was clicking. They were moving the ball down the field. Special teams, you know, it's a it's a roller coaster ride with them, obviously. Um, that's that's kind of how it started last year against Alabama. Like we we yeah. had that we had that first drive, and then Will throws that duck that gets intercepted. But like we moved it, it was it was like six positive plays in a row. And then I think the next drive we went down and missed a field goal. And then after, like it's almost like the same game except Bama didn't score sixty this time. <laughs> Right, which I was super excited about. Mm-hmm. Our, our defense played fantastic at at the beginning, and I felt like, you know, when 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 we didn't score on the first drive, and you know everyone's hyping up Bryce Young coming out on the field, I was like, oh no, here we go again, you know, two years in a row. This is when it starts, right? Mm-hmm. And we held them fourth down. They pointed it back to us, and I'm like, oh wow, like we have a we have a chance here. And um, it just kind of offense started to slow down a little bit. I think that first drive we we utilized our running backs, and yeah, then it I was think like there was we like two um, good running plays on the, on that one, or maybe it was like the second drive. The, yeah, it was the, the first drive was a, I guess three and out. 
and then the second drive was a good drive. Yeah. Yeah, that second drive, it was like we were, I don't know, that first quarter we were utilizing our running backs, and then after that it was like they didn't exist. We had seven runs on that first drive. It was a 13-play drive. And overall, Mm -hmm. uh, we had 25 carries. (laughs) And five of those were Will Rogers sacks. So seven of (laughs) the 20 carries came in that first drive. Second drive. But it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and we we need to utilize that. Mm -hmm. In order to get those big big plays downfield – to open the open the defense up, keep them honest. We're gonna have to utilize our running backs. Yeah, more. even if it's a pass out of the backfield, something. Yeah, and that was one of the weird things I saw in this. Well, at least like when I went and like looked in the stats after this game, we we only targeted our running backs out of the backfield seven times in our passing game. And and I know okay, that's still a pass. That's the, that's the extension of the run play. Those are basically just outside handoffs at that point. And for right. there to only be seven of those. When against Arkansas or A and M, we had around fourteen. That that's a and it, it may have been because Dylan Johnson was out and we were playing with uh, Marks with kind of a lingering injury. But that that was just really weird to see. I mean, and it's not like we were dinking and dunking in this game. Uh, Will had his third highest average depth of target of his career, but he also had his uh, lowest completion percentage of his career. So it's just kind of. It's weird. Yeah, it was a lot of it. Marks went out with a with a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. He got hands to the face. He came out, and then when Simeon Price came in, I was like, okay, you know, young man's time to shine. And uh, it was like we, I don't know if Coach Leach just doesn't trust him yet, or or what the problem was. But I mean, he was out there, but he really wasn't out there. Yeah, wasn't utilized at all. We were thrown into double coverage. There was a bunch of passes that were about to be picked off. Um, it was it was a little um, I don't know hard to watch, mm-hmm. kind of confusing. Yeah, um, I heard that Eli Ricks um, arrived in this game for Alabama, um, transferred out of LSU. Yeah. Um, hadn't hadn't really played at Alabama. Uh, yeah, he comes out and has the best game of maybe his career against State. So that sounds right. <laughs> Yeah, and I, there was one play towards the end zone that was like a, just a big – it was on that – I believe it was that second drive mm-hmm. where we had some chances in the red zone before we missed the field goal. And, yeah, he, he showed up and balled out. Yeah, And it couldn't have come at a worse time for us. Everyone's been kind of waiting on that because, I mean, pe- people say he was overrated at LSU, but, I mean – he was good, like, like he was—he was no slouch. I mean, he, he was yeah. If you're coming good. to Alabama and starting, you're pretty good. Like, like <laughs> LSU was just a little weird that year. Everyone kind of sucked, but yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. what I got. Um, do you have anything else on this game? I think just the biggest stat that I, that pokes out at me is that we held Alabama to, to only 29 rushing yards, which yeah. I think is, which is great. For our defense to pivot after after that massive game from Kentucky, mm-hmm. I think Arnett's defense, you know, showed up and actually came prepared for this game. Now, we couldn't get to the quarterback, which, you know, when you give him a minute and a half in the pocket to just basically play backyard football the whole time, 
Which is I mean, what Bryce Young does. He, he plays backyard right. football um, regularly on in front of hundreds of thousands of people. So, <laughs> yeah. A lot bigger guy. games than whatever I played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... It, but 29 rushing yards, I mean, if you if you had told me that we were going to only hold Alabama to 29 rushing yards and that they were only going to score 30 points, I would say, wow, okay, like, that was a good game. We doubled, but after we doubled watching Alabama it, and rushing. And rushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we didn't even, we didn't even hand the ball off that much. So, really it, weird. yeah, it was, it's a weird stat that pokes out, but hopefully if we can keep that type of defense moving forward, um... You know, I think it's gonna have it's gonna show problems and poke holes in the offense of Ole Miss and countless others. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And and one thing on running the ball more uh, in prior years, people screamed run the ball, but our offensive line was horrible at run blocking. Like like people thought yes. that they they were just oh it's just that these are run blocking guys and you know they'll be good at they'll be good at run blocking. They weren't. They were worse. Like like they weren't they weren't good they didn't move people off the ball in in twenty twenty in twenty twenty one towards the end of the year when Cole Smith got in there they did but the, this year this offensive line you can get behind him and run the dang ball it I mean doesn't matter how many people are in the box I mean zone is made so you have a numbers advantage if your quarterback will pull it which I know is in the playbook because he can do it every. Offense that runs zone, the quarterback can pull it. I've been screaming this. I just want to see Will pull it one time. <laughs> yeah, a DN and has I, never I, stepped out to contain him. I promise. I think it was. I think it was either. Um, it, it might. I, I forgot which reporter it was that asked this question. It may have been Steve Robertson. I don't really remember, but somebody asked Coach Leach, "Hey, like, does Will have like, like, does he, is he okay to like?" pull it and run and and coach Leach was like yeah i mean he ha- he has the okay to do it it just doesn't do it and i don't know maybe it needs to be more embedded into his brain maybe nick fitzgerald needs to give him a call and be like hey man you can you got legs you can do it you know but i've, I've been saying for two years i just want to see will pull it when we run zone because that that changes the numbers that crashing dn on it, the backside doesn't do it and i know i know it's i know how it works because we leave the backside guy unblocked and that's how zone works yeah (laughs) exactly i've been screaming it for two years i just want to see him pull it so we can run against six man boxes um so yeah six seven man boxes it doesn't matter in high school we just ran it into our offensive line for two yards to carry every (laughs) play but it doesn't matter um yeah it's not like i was playing Okay, so, <laughs> so with that over, we're kind of going to move into like more of a state of Mississippi State, Mississippi State slash kind of, I'll, I'll do a little bit of college football playoff talk just because this year it is so unique compared to other years. It is. Because it seems like honestly there's 10 teams that, that could be there at the end. And, and there may be more teams that could be there at the end, like realistically, if, if stuff goes correctly but yeah i'm gonna let you kind of give us your state of mississippi state i mean i've given mine on this podcast a lot Uh, i just kind of want to hear your opinion yeah so like i don't know when when you when you asked me hey you know this is kind of what 
wanted to talk about. It made me sit in my car and think for a second. Um, and I, I put together a formula, if you will, of how can we succeed, mm-hmm. right? Like take away take away who the coach is, take away who the quarterback is, you know, how many defensive players are going to get drafted, things like that. Let's 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 detach ourselves from fandom, right? And kind of go of an overlook of what is it going to take for Mississippi State to take the next step, mm-hmm. right? Cuz yeah. we're bouncing in and out of the top 25 every year. We're kind of like we're getting some transfers, people that are not unhappy at Georgia or you know, people that are Alabama. unhappy at, at Alabama, things. Exactly. And how can we actually get those guys to choose us in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and develop under us and actually progress, right? And our team get better. Um, it's it's kind of, I don't know, something I've been contemplating, right? So for me, it starts with grassroots, right? It starts with you have to win within your state first. Yeah. You need to win your state, right? Like there was that whole hashtag, that whole thing that for years, especially when Dan Mullen was here, it was like, this is our state, right? And all of that whole thing. And I think that that's correct. You got to win the state first, mm-hmm. which starts with the Egg Bowl, right? It starts with if you win your games within the state every year in and year out, you're the number one choice if people want to stay at home. Yeah. Right? So your five, four and five stars that are here in the state of Mississippi, they're going to choose you every time. Mm-hmm. So win the Egg Bowl every year, and then you're going to own the state in recruiting. Once you own the state in recruiting, then you're going to start seeing consistent wins. Right? Yeah. We when you start seeing those... The, we won't be going into games... Like against Kentucky, and then just like it happening to be a toss up every year. Right. Or a guy go down, and you're relying on a three star running back, or, you know, whatever. Having your backups are better. The young guys are progressing, are going to be better. The whole thing's going to be better. You'll start seeing eight to nine win seasons, and that becoming the norm, which is the idea. Because our norm right now is seven and five, Mm -hmm. and we're hoping for an eight and four. And it all comes down to the egg bowl at the end. We need to we need to have that eight and four year as a solidified. That's a normal season. Yeah. Now let's progress from there. Yeah, a lot of a and, lot of people their take is Mississippi State's going to be the program that puts up like the eight and four, nine and three, eight and four, nine and three, and then you have a big year. But I mean, keep it on going seven and five, seven and five, seven and five. I mean that. I don't. I don't think that the buildup is going to be to uh, a ten-win season. I, I guess a ten-win season would be would be kind of the ceiling on something like that. If you're just right. if you're jumping from the seven and five, so our our normal right now is needs to be improved, of course. But I feel right. like that's kind of like very important when you look at like how the how it's supposed to work you, you build up for three years but i mean building up three years at seven and five doesn't do anything but eight eight and four is a much Correct. different season than a seven and five like in people's eyes it's a better bowl game you get better better time slots so you're playing in front of of 
you know, obviously when you're winning all the time, brings more fans to the stadium, right? You, you may have more a fans to the stadium. In the SEC. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you you start entering up in the SEC West, especially like, once. When was our last year? However, they shift the Texas and Oklahoma. Was it 2014? Oh God. Was it that? Yeah. I guess it would be that long ago. I mean, we've gone four and four at most. We went four and four and eighteen. Yeah, I, I, I'm tired of I'm tired of that, right? Yeah, four so and four. So we gotta six. fix that. We gotta <laughs> fix that. Yeah, like I'm I'm tired of of going to these non-Florida bowls every year, and you know. What are you talking about you don't it's, you don't like the Liberty Bowl? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> God no, um, but yeah. So like, when but when you get when you get those better seasons, you're gonna have better recruiting. When you have better recruiting, you're gonna get highly ranked. You get highly ranked. You, I mean, it's just it's a snowball effect in a positive direction, you know. And that's how you become a college football playoff contender, is by starting out with grassroots first, and then progressing on. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah, I, and and. I've I've kind of never had that take on it, um, with everything that's kind of changed around transfer portal and everything. I, I guess I've I've kind of been kind of like the new thinking of it, where it's like okay, just go get the guys, have your system that works. But I I mean, you look at the teams that have won; it's teams that own their states, and and I know Mississippi's a little bit different because we're a small state with two Power Five schools in it. And Alabama, LSU, and Auburn reaching in, but it 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 does make sense that owning your own state is is very important. I would I would I would think so. Just from like a the only when thing kids is are like growing how up, differing Ole Miss and State are. Like they are. Like like that's the only thing that I would think of that would make it a little bit weird. Like um, in kit in like in state kids' hearts is like, you know, if you want to go to Ole Miss, I mean, you're going to Ole Miss because it's vastly different than Mississippi State. And Mississippi State the same. It's vastly different than Ole Miss. And I could see that as being kind of okay. The kids know where they're gonna go, but I mean, if that was the case, no one would recruit anyone. So it must not matter that much. It's true, and LSU and Alabama wouldn't be able to reach in and pick off our highly ranked kids. Yeah. But I I don't know. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in you got to win the state first before you can, you know, win the country, whether it's in recruiting or in the college football playoff. Yeah. Because yeah. kids from Georgia are picking Georgia over Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. You know, they're picking staying at home and playing for their state instead of going to – you know, out to Oregon or going to Texas or going to anyone else. But own the state, and then you can start reaching into other states and actually having a a consistently ranked team program that can offer you, you know, better play time and a better system and more show time for, for scouts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, that... That pretty much makes sense in my mind. Um, so I guess let's get to the second part of this and and I guess kind of talk about how intriguing the college football playoff is this year. 
I'll kind of steer this one. Okay, so I'm just going to go through the teams that, that have a realistic shot at it. Number one, Clemson. Number two, TCU. Number three, Michigan. Number four, Ohio State. This is nuts. Uh, number five, Oregon. USC still has a chance. Number seven, UCLA still has a chance. I mean, those are all one-loss teams. Um, Georgia still has a chance. So, so right now we're at eight. Tennessee very much has a chance. And then Alabama has a chance. That's, that's ten yeah. teams that, that could be very deserving of it. And there are a few other teams like LSU that has slipped up. That, that I, I know those losses are going to be too much. But, I mean, if they run and then win the SEC, I mean, you can throw away the Florida State loss. That one was weird in the first game of the year. And then losing right. to Tennessee. I mean, uh, it it could it could go far on like what teams, what teams still really have a chance. I wish playoffs were expanded this year. It'd be so cool. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Except two lane, especially some of these teams that never get playoffs, to play each other, which would be weird. Two lane. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's. Yeah. Yeah. They would be in it, which is a little weird. And Ross Dellinger put out the um like what it would look like and it would be Tulane versus Georgia right now, so so a team that got beat by Southern Miss playing Georgia. That 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 may need to be looked at a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be a better algorithm of what they're considering. Yeah, yeah maybe like some prerequisites like didn't lose to Southern Miss. Um But yeah, yeah. Cultural playoffs are weird. I know we have a question coming up soon, our Instagram questions, um, that, that we can kind of give our predictions on that. But, yeah, that's it for the Alabama review. That's kind of it for, like, the state of Mississippi State. So I guess it's time to get into, uh, I mean, it, it's it's me and Jack's favorite segment of the show. Um, it's where we don't have to try to come up with stuff. We just say answers. It's Instagram questions time. And, and I'll start, and, I mean, if you want to answer some of these, you, you can. Um, a few of these are kind of tailored, so, so I'll, I'll do them, a few of them. You, you just hop in whenever, kind of like we did on the... Uh, Roll with it, man. I like it. Okay. From Nathan Taylor, which is Jack's uncle, what's it like carrying someone else as a podcast co-host? I mean, after two years, you get pretty much used to it. So, yeah, yeah. Jack has the feel good carrying me. Uh, next from John Merritt Howard, how do I stop betting Steelers Super Bowl every week? My family is worried. Um, yeah, you pretty much need help. Uh, keeping on doing that. Uh, I I don't. I, I know for a fact he started Kenny Pickett in his fantasy league last week and lost because of a late interception. I, he doesn't even like the team that much, and he keeps on betting on them. <laughs> uh, Die-hard fan right there. Yeah, sadly. Um, Brooks Taylor, does LSU seem to have gotten it together? Uh, yeah, I think... I, I, don't, I don't really have evidence for this, but I think this may be a Brian Kelly thing to do, is this start out kind of slow and then end up being like a really good team. Like It's, it's like every year they end up in the top ten. And, I mean, they'll have, like, one stupid loss. But 
this year they kind of have two stupid losses. <laughs> Brian Kelly. It's like they. It's like he wanted to ease everyone into winning. <laughs> um, another one from Brooks Taylor is Tennessee the best in the country right now? Like some are saying. Um, I kind of want to hear your take on this. Uh, they have the best win in the country, but is that enough? I think from a talent standpoint, I'd say Ohio State is a better team. Yeah. Um, but then you have the question of with tennis, with with uh, with Ohio State, with Georgia. It's always a question of well, who have they played? Same mm-hmm. thing with Alabama over the years. It's like they're always going to be ranked number one because they don't play anybody, right? Until they start playing SEC teams. But I think if you're looking at that side of the argument. Tennessee should be ranked number one. They just beat a top three team. Yeah, and and I don't think or I don't, I mean I don't think uh, Georgia has been. I mean, other than the Oregon win, I don't think that they've been very impressive this year. Uh, they had that scare of a game uh, against Mizzou. Against Missouri. And then yeah. they had that weird game against Kent State, where Kent State stayed in it. And I, I mean. I have Tennessee over Georgia right now, and I mean, if I say that, that means they're either one or two, and I'm not sure that they're two. Um, so, next question. I think this one's for both of us. Um, how do you handle being niche micro-celebrities? Have you ever been recognized in person? <laughs> you have an answer for that one? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, I've... I haven't good, really. It's from I've, our good listener, Luke Meyer. I guess no one really knows me personally, mm-hmm. besides like, I don't know the people that I've actually. I mean, you post like the shirt done business on, with on unofficial sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's <laughs> it's from a different life, man. Um, <laughs> no, when I had, I used to have my my own business, which was like me myself. Um, that was a that was a long time ago, um, but th- I've had that happen to me before from like another account that was like my own personal business account, but never, never from uh, the Mississippi State account. No. Yeah, I uh, gotta say, not same. Uh, one time, me and Jack we were going uh, to pick up our tickets for a super regional, and then Luke Meyer was in there um, giving giving us our tickets at the counter, and he said. Do y'all got? Do you have Instagram to Jack? And Jack was like, "Uh, yeah." And then he was like, "Wait, do y'all have like a podcast?" And then we were very confused. We didn't exchange names or anything. He just was like, "Oh, yo, I know y'all." And then, um, Jack goes to like sign the receipt, and I'm like, "Dude, Jack, it's your first autograph, bro." And then, <laughs> then there was a lady in there saying, "Y'all boys famous." It, it was it was a good time. Uh, I wasn't recognized, but Jack was, uh, understandably. <laughs> um, <laughs> another one from Luke. Meyer. Yeah, tell him I'm the two and going for two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but now he knows. Uh, next one from also Luke Meyer. Do y'all think friends in low places should be played at all MSU sporting events? Or exclusively at baseball. They can do anything I want with the music. Like, I mean, do anything. Like, yeah. As long as it doesn't suck. 
<laughs> yeah, as long as it doesn't suck and as long as it it keeps the vibe going, you know, if it becomes a school song, then fantastic, you know, mm-hmm. played it everything. But as of right now, I'd say it's more of a baseball song because it's like country's more of a baseball yeah. type of music style. Yeah. I, I, I don't I see guys that. jamming out on the sideline, no. you know, people, getting people amped up that to... The, that the music during football games is, is kind of kind of more for the players a little bit, like I mean, right? Get them hype, and and you just kind of deal with it and also get hype. Um, next one, uh, this is from Hunter too. Uh, that's a good listener. Uh, playoff four predictions right now. So so I guess I'm gonna go on this one. Um, wow, that's weird. Uh, I hate this. I think TCU is going to lose, so they're out of mine. It basically comes down to who do I pick to win between Georgia and Tennessee, and then mm-hmm. who do I expect to win between Ohio State and Michigan, which that one's easy. So Michigan is my one. Ah. No, no, wait, I said that back. Ohio State is my one. They're not beating Michigan, sorry. Um accidentally said that opposite yeah ohio state won um hmm i kind of think the stupid thing's gonna happen where there are three one loss sec teams and i hate that because then it doesn't matter which one i say um so i'm gonna say one ohio state two gimme georgia three uh, I guess that would be the Pac-12 team. Because if Ohio State beats Michigan, then Michigan's best win is Penn State, which that win doesn't hold up to anyone. So, okay. So Ohio State, then Georgia, then I I guess winner of the Pac-12, which right now I'm between USC, USC or Oregon. Oh, I hate this. Okay. So I'm going to go Oregon there because Bo Nix. Surely one of those games is at home. And then my last team will be... So I have Georgia. I guess then it would be Tennessee would be it. And that would be Alabama losing in the SEC championships. They'd be the two losses. Then there'd be two. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's my answer. Got it. So you have Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and who? And Oregon. Georgia, and Oregon. God, I'd love that playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that would be a that That'd would be, be an so absolute good. wild one. <laughs> That's such a stupid. Oh, the playoffs are so much better than BCS. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do you you want to give yours on that one? <sighs> I know I talked for like eight hours on it, but. The, the, I had the I mean, I, through it. Oh, I forgot about Clemson. Um, get get Tennessee out, put Clemson in. Clemson's a lock for the playoffs. Dang. You I know who? You know what? I'm going to go with something a little different. I'm going to go with a little something different. I'm going to go Oregon, Ohio State, Clemson, and Tennessee. Not in that order. Yeah, just. But those are the four. And, and they'll make it so the SEC teams don't. They'll, they'll make it work. Yeah, but yeah, um, one last question uh, from Courtney Taylor now uh, instead of Purvis. When will the wives be on the pod? 
And uh, I'm I'm very excited to announce that the wife, because because now there I have a wife, he has a wife. That episode will be November thirty first. Um, so yes, we will finally be getting the wives episode. It'll be a good time. They'll they'll put something together. They're doing the entire show. No help from us. So yeah, yeah. I guess we just did an episode. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Crazy. Yeah. Um, we we have another guest coming in soon. I, I kind of outsourced this episode, you know, just to kind of be fun. But yeah, it was great having you. Uh, absolutely, thank you for coming on. And yeah, I think it was great. We'll definitely have to have you on again. Man, I appreciate it. That was a a blast. I had a lot of fun on this episode. Yeah. Um. So yeah, everyone go follow him at uh, unofficial hail state. If you if you follow us and don't follow him, I don't understand you. But <laughs> you know, I don't understand most things like Mississippi State football. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Mike Leach offense. It's all it's all the same. It's a blur. Yeah. But it was great having you, man. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it, man. Okay, so now it is time to do our picks for the week. And we have a special guest picker, Football James. And and his picks will actually be counting for Jack this week. I have full contact with Jack. I am able to talk to him, but I told him, you know, you're bringing in the big guns. He's going to make your picks for you. And I have a one-game lead right now. Um, Jack went... Jack, I think it went six and four last week, so so I was able to take a one game lead. So football, James or Freddie or I've never really known what name to call you. So <laughs> I go, I go by both. Honestly, Is, what isn't Frederick also one of them? Hey, yeah, yeah, I've gone by that before. <laughs> but but yeah, I respond to multiple names. <laughs> yeah. So so our first game is going to be number two Ohio State. At number 12, Penn State. Um, and I'll let you give your picks first on all these. Um, I pretty much have my mind made up on all these, so I'll just kind of let you go. I mean, this game, it was it was pretty easy to pick. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, they're going to win. It's a noon game. I, I can't believe Penn State is not even doing a wideout for this game. Yeah. So... I think they kind of uh, got tired of having like a way losing record in the whiteout games because, you know, they played against either one of the best teams in the Big Ten. So so that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. I'm also going Ohio State here, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, second game, number seven, TCU at West Virginia. I would, I'll admit I was very Close to picking West Virginia. I mean, Morgantown, it's a great college town, and it's a tough place to win in. Uh, but TCU, eh, they're just on fire right now, and I, I have to go with the Horned Frogs. I think we see a story like this every year, and it always falls down. And, and it's always to who you don't expect. So, so give me West Virginia here. I think JT Daniels will be able to stay in a football game and not be injured. With the lead, so so it's real. It's, it's a risky bet, but I have a feeling on this one. It's really stupid. Um, our next game is Notre Dame at number sixteen, Syracuse. What you got? Notre Dame. I'll say one thing: they do have a very good defense. Mm-hmm. Offense though is one of the worst in the country. 
Syracuse last week. I mean, they they came to play against Clemson. I wasn't sure if they could do it, and and no doubt in my mind, Syracuse is going to win this game. Yeah, uh, I also pick Syracuse here. Um, don't pick against Garrett Schrader. So so that's that's pretty much where mine's going. And this next game, Arkansas at Auburn. I thought this was one of the easier games. Uh, for this game, I mean, you have to, you have to go with Arkansas. The, the spread defense, on betting is only three and a half, which is it's weird. only three and a half. Yeah, it started at two. I guess it's because Arkansas's defense isn't the best, uh, but I mean their offense is on fire. Yeah, and Auburn, they don't really have an offense. It's Tank Bigsby, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And, I mean, if you're going to have someone to be all of your offense, it's a pretty good guy, but that's a lot for him, especially when they, like, don't give him the ball in good situations. <laughs> but the mm-hmm. next game is number nine, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Uh, Oklahoma State, I think they've only lost one game. Mm-hmm. So, and Kansas State lost to TC last week in a close one. Uh, I have no idea if Adrian Martinez is playing, but... Uh, I think he is not playing. Oh, he's not playing? Uh, I believe so. Okay. But, I mean, Spencer Sanders is also banged up, so it's kind of like, you know... It's pretty even. Yeah. I'm going with Kansas State in this game. Okay. Uh, Um, Deuce Vaughn's a beast. Yeah, I'm going Oklahoma State. Um, uh, Really have no reason for that. But, yeah, I should have picked with Short King, Deuce Vaughn, but I didn't. I'm, I'm going against my own people here. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the next game is number 19, Kentucky, at number 3, Tennessee. I, I think Tennessee's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Because I have that same t- opinion. Tennessee has... it. Their defense is not good. Mm-hmm. Their, and their Kentucky can absolutely game. slow down a game. Oh, absolutely. They, they can mean, slow the down a game where there's the no way that you can beat them by 14. Like, like yeah. they, 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 can, they can shorten a game very easily. Um, I'm also going to Tennessee here, but that's all I got. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to do that. Yeah. Uh, the next game. We have number 20, Cincinnati, going to UCF to play against John Rice Plumley, whose career highlights consist of losing to LSU, but running for a lot of yards. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what you got here? I picked this one cause, just because it seems like a toss-up game. It, it definitely is. Now, honestly, I was considering UCF for this game until I saw last week's game against East Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, they did not look good. Um, but I think UCF is going to bounce back. Bounce back in the bounce He's going to beat Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. I'm also picking That's UCF. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, the next game is number 15, former future SEC champions, Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> going to College Station to play future former SEC West champs. <laughs> Or former future, yeah, yeah, former future SEC West champs. If you listen to people around six weeks ago, um, 
<laughs> I love that both yeah. of these teams are are sad now. They get to join us. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to watch. Um, for this game, I'm taking Ole Miss. I mean, they're they're gonna have probably 500 rushing yards. Texas A&M's run defense is so bad. We even put up like 150 rushing yards mm-hmm. on them, and we're not a running team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of that makes sense, and Texas A&M can't score, but I'm going to do something really stupid, and I'm going to pick A&M here, just because Jimbo's going to get to 8-4 and four somehow. <laughs> like, the, the meme will live of Jimbo 8-4, and four. So, so for that to happen, he needs to win this one, so give me A&M. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it is hard to win a Kyle uh kyle field so yeah unless you're like know. will rogers so yeah will rogers <laughs> or nick fitzgerald or, or like just just anyone okay so the next game is Pitt at the weirdest team and maybe maybe the country number 21 north carolina is north carolina good i i don't know i i feel like north carolina and tennessee are very similar. Like obviously, out Tennessee has a bad win over Alabama, which boosts them up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what I mean is, they both have very good offenses, top ten offenses, maybe even top five. But then they have the worst defenses in the country. Yeah. Um, I, I'm honestly thinking about going with Pitt with the upset in this game. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna gonna go with North Carolina on this one. I know, bold take. Um, but I, I just think that there's something weird about this team. I mean, I, I could really see it happening where, okay, Clemson gets to the ACC championship. They got it. Everything's good. No one's going to come from the Coastal and beat them. And then North Carolina shows up and beats them. And then the mm-hmm. College Football Playoff Committee has the weirdest decision ever to make. <laughs> Hey, I'm all for chaos. Yeah, everyone's for chaos until it happens. Um, <laughs> the the next uh, America's game of the week, game day is there. Um, maybe the best team in Mississippi, Southern University at Jackson State. Who are you picking in this one? I really want to go with go with Southern and. No disrespect to Deion Sanders. He's doing a phenomenal job at Jackson State. But I feel like Southern, they're... I don't know what happened to your mic. I'm going to talk while you're um, not talking. I'll let you figure that one out. But um, I'm, I'm going to go Jackson State here. I think that um, Veterans Memorial Coliseum of Mississippi is going to be jumping. Uh, it's going to be massive gonna be the biggest game in the state uh, maybe the biggest game this day of the season so yeah that's that's my pick james it looks like your mic just hooked back up wait oh there we go yeah just re-say whatever you said over the past <laughs> 15 seconds uh, oh uh, i said i'm taking southern in this one one uh i think it was the swag championship last year mm-hmm. uh, between jackson state and South Carolina State, or was the Celebration Bowl? It was one yeah, of them. Celebration Bowl. Oh, the Celebration Bowl. Okay, I believe so. Uh, I think Southern's going to come in here and pull a big upset in Jackson. Yeah. Um, 
I picked Jackson State on this one. I think it's going to be a crazy environment. Game day is there. Really weird. Kind of called it earlier in the year. But, you know, I'm not taking pats on the back. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good having you on for the picks. And I did want to give you an opportunity to give me, the, like, the rest of the season predictions for Mississippi State. Okay. So, Auburn. I've, I've heard these I are going to be we're... completely rational. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Auburn, we're going to beat them. Uh, Georgia, I think we're going to cover the spread. I think we're going to beat them. You're, you're more I, reasonable I, than I, me. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos, James. Chaos. Chaos, A. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Are you a sicko? Um, <laughs> nah, I don't know. I I don't know if I want Georgia to win this game. Or, I mean, if I, I don't know if I want Mississippi State to win this game or Georgia because I did grow up a Georgia fan, so I still got that Bull, Georgia Bulldog in, in my heart. Not so. going to lie, I'd much rather Mississippi State win it. I'm sorry for your for your heritage. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but I'm taking uh, – no, I'm taking – I really want Mississippi State to win it too because it's our only chance at rushing the field this year, and I just want to have that feeling. Yeah, So for sure. Let me – so I hope Mississippi State wins, uh, but – uh, I think Georgia's going to. Mm-hmm. And then what's what's the next game? Uh, East Tennessee. Uh, East Tennessee. I mean, well, we'll win by 40. Typically then... loses by 13. And then it comes down to the Egg Bowl, as it does every year. Uh, what, you, what you got? I don't know how we're going to do it, <laughs> but... We're going to find a way to win this game. It's been, what, three years since we last won it? Um, and, and I mean, last year, if we caught a the few more passes. The past two years, we've it, played them well. It could have been a close. Like, yeah, I mean, we actually in, have. I in mean, 2020, we played them very well, but, uh, you know, old Reliable fumbled, and there was a 14-point swing in, like, a yeah. three-point game. But uh, people have told me that didn't matter. Um, those people are yeah, wrong. I think you definitely do. Um, <laughs> you but, fumble on the goal line, you're, that's gonna t- you're gonna lose the momentum. Mm-hmm. Like that. And, and, and then they go score off of that. And you could have scored seven, and then they score seven, so that's fourteen points difference. But 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 I digress. <laughs> I, I would like to bring up one yeah. thing. Um, so my preseason predictions for this team. I think I had us ending at uh, eight and four, and I have got every game correct so far. And would you like to know the rest of my season predictions? I'm gonna tell you anyway. Does that have us winning out? No, yeah, just just tell me. It just tell me. <laughs> okay, so you know, you know, we have a two game, two game losing streak right now. That goes to a three game losing streak. I had us losing to uh, Auburn. And and that leaves you thinking, wait, if if we're at like five and three or five five and four, how do how do we how do we get to eight and four? Well well then we beat Georgia, we beat East Tennessee State, and we beat Ole Miss. Um so I don't know if I've cursed this team to lose to Auburn or not, but it really feels like I have. <laughs> I'm I'm kinda worried. 
Uh, hopefully, hopefully you're wrong about this one. I, I'm really we, hoping I'm wrong. Way. I would really like to be wrong. <laughs> this game is our most important game. If we don't win this game, it's I don't know how we're going to finish the rest of the season. But then, if you come back the next week and beat Georgia, it would be so cool. <laughs> that would just yeah, be that, your personal it hell. Would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the Mike Leach. That's the Mike Leach way. Yeah, you beat teams that you're not supposed to, and then you lose to teams that you're supposed to beat. Yeah, I'd rather so. beat the teams I'm supposed to beat, and then play competitively with the teams I'm supposed to lose to. Uh, if I had to, if I had to choose, but you know, yeah, we're we're not like normal teams. We suck. Yeah, we like to make it inter- <laughs> We like to make it uh, interesting. So, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm sure Jack's gonna love the picks that you gave. Um, personally, I hope that they're not great. I would love to keep this lead. I do not want to buy a transfer to the sip hoodie and post it on my personal Instagram. Um, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do a little gas station pick with the, with the transfer to the sip. Uh, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. My picks have not been the best. I'll admit that over the past two weeks. So me and Jack have been like actually really good with them. Yeah. like he's at oh, nope that's our top 25 i don't want to see that i want to see our picks um so i'm at 71 percent, and he's at 70 percent on picks so like he's like we've been like weirdly like pretty good he has a 10 and 0 game in there a 10 and 0 week in there which ruined me for a little bit but i fought back but thank yeah, you so much week, for coming on hey thanks for having me yeah Hi, right, so now that we have our picks out of the way, um, usually this would be the end of the show. But since it's bye week, let's just keep on going. Um, there, there's there's a few things that we, you know, happen in the fall that we don't talk about much on Going for Two. And, and we've never really had the opportunity to because Jack doesn't enjoy the NFL. I like college way more than NFL. So, so we've never really talked the NFL. But we brought in Drew Robinson to talk the NFL with us. Well, I guess just me and Drew talking about the NFL. So so I guess this is just going to be a little NFL segment. Uh, Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Hunter. I'm honored to be here. Uh, long-time listener, big fan. Long, long-time uh, listener, first-time caller? <laughs> yeah. I um, I won the March Madness bracket pick'em. Uh, I've won at least one week of the college football pickums, so uh, I feel you know I have a strong resume to talk about the NFL. Yeah, yeah. those things are really the, both of those things really really include the NFL. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think what we're gonna do is you know since since we're an hour in, I mean it doesn't matter what we do. So I just thought let's just go through divisions, and and talk about each team. Uh, either you'll give your opinion, we'll both give our opinion. I'll give my opinion. I'm, we'll just go through them. Okay. Perfect. So I guess we'll start with the AFC East, uh, starting with Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo's really good. Yeah, they're great. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, you, you won't find another team like in the rest of the 31 who has better Super Bowl odds, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. They're really Super Bowl or bust. Like it's the Chiefs and maybe the Eagles, but like the Bills uh, are honestly in their own tier. Yeah, like the rest I, of their roster, like they're right in their window. I'd say that the Eagles, honestly, have I would give them better odds because they don't have to play Buffalo to get there. 
True. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the, the Eagles don't have to get out of the AFC, yeah. which is inherently to their advantage. But yeah. To me, Buffalo is the best team. At this yeah. Buff- Buffalo, give them the odds. And then, okay. Yeah, they're just really good. Vaughn Miller, he is, he is timeless. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard of a team uh, employing like a or not like I've never heard of a team employing a, a sports psychologist. That's pretty common. But the way Buffalo is employing their sports psychologist to get over the collapse against Kansas City and the way they've started this season is just really encouraging to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then our next team, the New York Jets. Um, J-E-T-S. Yeah, uh, a team on a four-game winning streak, uh, longest in the division. Is that Yeah. That's silly. Things, things are looking up in Jets land. Uh, you don't except get to see for, that often. So. Except for like Elijah Moore um, being persecuted by not being thrown the ball. And uh, Brees Hall being injured. Um, yeah, Yeah, just those two things. Other than that, things are pretty good. And like their star offensive lineman getting injured. But two other than those three Aaron things. Rogers, Hunter. You don't have to be so down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, not so good. <laughs> Couldn't be Taylor Heineke. Okay. Um, yeah, J-E-T-S. Jets, yeah, Jets, Jets. possibly wild card frisky, but as loaded as the AFC is, I don't see how they get through November. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next team, the Miami Dolphins. The Finns. Uh, uh, Tua is undefeated. This is definitely, like, the most encouraging stretch we've seen of Tua's career Mm -hmm. uh, under Mike McDaniel. I don't see how you can't be encouraged by his tenure so far. Uh, These two different former 49er coordinators, you've got Bob Sala with the Jets and Mike McDaniel now with the Dolphins. Uh, This could be a bit of a rivalry for years to come Mm -hmm. in offense versus defense. Yeah. And then I'd say the the least exciting team by... A metric mile. <laughs> what do you um, mean? The you're New not, England Patriots. Zapped? Um, if there was a team that has two half quarterbacks, it would be the New England <laughs> Patriots. Um, I don't like Mac Jones. I like Zappy. He just kind of isn't the best. But him, yeah. him not being great is still like as good as Mac Jones. <laughs> it's weird that the Patriots are... Uh, the least like hopeful team in this division like yeah. they've lorded over it for so long but now like they're really not the fan base you want to be a part of no either. no um they were they were booing mac jones after he came back from a high ankle sprain so so that was a little this, weird d- wasn't it this past off season they spent so much money or was it the off season before i'm not sure they, they're always weird but they they loaded up in free agency, and it's hard to see that paying off for them mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and and now I guess we're done with the AFC East. I guess let's move That's on to to your favorite division, <laughs> the AFC North. The North. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, for this one, I'll just let you talk about the AFC North for a little bit. Um, I know sure. you're very in tune with this. Um. Uh, so you, I think with yeah. the North, you need to start with the Bengals. They made the Super Bowl last year. Um, really didn't get much worse because their quarterback is still on his rookie contract. Uh, 
obviously with the Bengals because their owner is one of the only two out of 32 who's not independently wealthy. They don't always have a ton of money to throw around, but they're a pretty smart org that knows what they'll need. They aren't afraid to use like second and third stint players. Um, with all that being said, kind of middling to start the year. Evan McPherson blew up in their face in week one, but it does look like they've rebounded. Uh, they look strong, and they're going to play the Browns on Monday night on Halloween in a Halloween bowl between the orange and black teams. Um, I think that leads me straight to Cleveland since I just talked about them. Uh, kind of a mess there, too. Uh, no, not them. To get the special teams coordinator and defensive coordinator out of town. Uh, you know, you've got Miles Garrett. He's missed some time. Denzel Ward has also missed some time. Same thing with Jadavion Clowney for, on defense for them. They traded for Deion Jones, who's going to debut. Uh, but they've been missing pieces, and they've also seen key underperformances from some of their top players. Yeah, uh, I think um, we've reached the upper limit of how much you want to see Jacoby Brissett play in a year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird because going into the season, you'd have expected Cleveland uh, to be a better defensive team and potentially to struggle on offense. Mm -hmm. When in reality, Brissett's and Nick Chubb has done a lot of the heavy lifting, kind of been carrying them. But but uh, what about in like uh, last drives went to win a game? Yeah, you know, and what's really concerning to me, and uh, spoiler alert, I am a Browns fan. You know, this is something we've seen now throughout the Kevin Stefanski era is bad two-minute drives. It was a thing we said with Baker. And then he got like his first two-minute warning game-winning drive or game-tying drive against the Browns in Week One, and now we're having problems this season. So You're the, saying the trend is continued. based on running the ball up the middle has struggles when they need two-minute drives. So on to Pittsburgh. That's a great transition. Oh, Pittsburgh, who we seemingly thought could only run the ball up the middle, but this season we found that maybe Najee Harris isn't that good too. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Two different quarterbacks, wildly different offenses that both aren't very good with the two different quarterbacks. It's Mitch can be a bit too gun-shy. Kenny can be a bit too expressive. Kenny Pickett, maybe? <laughs> Throwing the ball around the field. Um, can't not be encouraged looking forward, though, by the Kenny Pickett-George Pickens connection. That's definitely encouraging with Deontay and Najee and Pat Fryermuth. But they're going to need to significantly rehaul that offensive line before they look to contend again. Yeah. Especially with T.J. Watt missing significant time this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, lastly, we've got the Ravens, who honestly are the favorites to win it, even though Cincinnati's got a Super Bowl they're just now coming off, or a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, this is Lamar Jackson's contract season, so obviously he's going all out to uh, repeat his MVP efforts and get a big contract. And I really think Baltimore is going to be able to parlay that into a division title. Mm -hmm. Kind of a, a mad year. You know, Pittsburgh's finally done. The Bengals have been a little weird. Uh, no Deshaun for the first three-fourths of the year for the Browns. Kind of think this is Baltimore's year. Yeah, and, and I was saying that earlier, early, like preseason and stuff. But, but one wise man told me, all, all the other teams got worse. Pittsburgh got better. Um, <laughs> And I'd give them the worst odds. <laughs> you know, it, 
the line for them is just so poor. And, you know, the defense is so hard to recreate elite defense from year to year. Ask uh, Saxonville about that and how long that can last. So it's just tough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that brings us into the AFC South. Um, it's, a, it's one of the divisions in football. Well, perfect. I just mentioned Saxonville, and mm-hmm. uh, they're off to a fun start. Um, Trevor Lawrence has had a rough go of it so far with Urban Meyer as his first head coach, but um, I like the Peterson hire. I like the competency they've built on the O-line in front of Lawrence. And on the games, like when Jacksonville can protect Lawrence, when they win that battle up front, they're very hard to beat. Mm -hmm. They've quickly become a good team. But when you can overmatch them up front and get pressure on Lawrence, that's the bugaboo for them. They can regress. They're almost like uh, the Batman villain Two-Face. You can see both sides of them. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Okay, um, now, now talk about Houston for me. Houston, so uh, Davis Mills, uh, Mills who is he? Uh, Suddenly, he seemed good as a rookie, but it doesn't really seem like he's been able to recapture that magic as a sophomore. Uh, Inconsistent at best offensive output from this Texans offense. Some strange coaching decisions in the offseason. I quite liked David Culley. Didn't quite understand why you needed to remove Cully if you're just going to keep Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, um, yeah. He has a cool beard. Just strange stuff, but very well positioned for the future with their own top pick and also some, looks like, pretty pivotal draft capital headed their way from and Cleveland. And Stingley's really good, right? Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah, yeah Don't want to talk about the Texans without mentioning Derek Stingley. I, I didn't, I didn't like that campaign. pick, but he's, he's really good. Um don't doubt LSU DBs. Um, then that leaves the last team, the Tennessee Titans. New stadium. And we didn't talk about the Colts, did we? Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the Colts. Oh, they're kind of forgettable. It's okay. Yeah. Sam Ellinger. Uh, we're back. <laughs> we'll do Colts first. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, obviously a new quarterback we haven't seen yet. He'll make his debut. Um, the Matt Ryan era, pretty short if it's over. Um I, they do have their own first-round pick, though, so if they want to try to get some get a top pick, spend it on a quarterback, take that route, and kind of uh, try to rock it back into contending status. But do you trust them to pick a quarterback? Well, we've never seen them miss on a quarterback pick, have we? So you're telling me when they were in position to pick two generational talents, they picked them? <laughs> I mean, they're doing great. They're just like the Packers, batting a thousand. Drew, are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure the Packers have some backup quarterback right now that can't find his way onto the field. Let's not talk about it. They were so scared of him touching the field that they, <laughs> that they let Aaron make all the decisions. <laughs> Uh, do we need to move on to the Titans? Yeah, yeah. Love? yeah, sorry. Someone here may have thought Jordan Love was going to be very good, and it wasn't Hunter. He's, he's in the mold of Josh Allen. No, he's not. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is strangely still playing well. Uh, his demise was greatly over-exaggerated. Uh, not the first time that's happened to Ryan. He's been casted off before. Um, 
they have no offensive line talent in Tennessee, but Ryan doesn't really mind. Uh, between Derrick Henry, Robert Woods, uh, what I thought was going to be the emergence of Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks, but they're both injured. Uh, the Titans just survive and thrive. They don't really mind. They keep playing good defense. Mike Vrabel always has that team playing tough. It's been a staple of his tenure. Um, and they continue to get good quarterback play out of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And every year it surprises me. Their D-line uh, is one of my favorite defensive lines. Um, for obvious reasons, two of their starters of are Mississippi State guys. Um, but they just wreak havoc. <laughs> like, they like they're absolutely just, do. They're just yeah. huge dudes. And, like, you don't see that on, like, many defensive lines. <laughs> Where it's, like, three, three the, out the of four of them are just huge. <laughs> um, and honestly, at this point in the season, I have a hard time picking anyone but Tennessee to win that division. But yeah. if, it, if it's going to be someone else, I think it could be the Jaguars. Essentially yeah. frisky. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the Colts pretty much mailed the season in. Um, even, yeah, even, even though how much I like people, Ellinger. But. Including myself, like going into the season, like in the preseason, we're riding the Colts train and thinking that Matt Ryan would be an upgrade, but that just didn't materialize. I think they may just be a cursed franchise. Potentially. You know, for a long time I thought it was Grigson, but, um, you know, it's new regimes. I, I thought Ballard was going to be a good GM for them. I thought Frank Reich was going to be a good coach, but seems seems we've been misled perhaps if they don't yeah. write the ship soon okay and that leads us into the afc west which it may be the weirdest division also maybe the best and maybe the worst <laughs> <laughs> like it's all a matter of it's somewhere between the best and the worst and i'm not sure it's in the middle um, I feel like all of us, you've seen that image of Melvin Gordon looking at Russell Wilson. Yeah. That's all of us looking at the AFC West. Yeah, so, so I, guess, I guess he said Russell Wilson. Let's start with Denver. Um, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I just, just Photoshop you trying to sleep on a plane and me doing the leg raises in the aisle. I, I hate Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? He's, he's injured. He's in real pain. <laughs> he's in emotional pain. He, he's like, I slept for one hour, and then I got up and watched more film. It, I, I hate him. I, I hate this team. I hate their coach. I don't like Denver. I'm also out on Denver. It just. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah. Okay. That was weird. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. I don't think that Nathaniel can hack it. Obviously, Big Denver didn't want me to say that on the media waves, yeah. but I'm saying it anyway. Yeah. The Broncos Next. aren't any good. The Raiders. The oddest team. I don't think it's talked about enough. I don't think it was considered enough when they moved from Oakland to Vegas. Or I guess from Los Angeles, right? So they were already back in L.A.? I'm, I'm not, tripping. No, no, no. They were in no, Oakland. No, they were in Oakland? Okay. Yeah. My bad. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, they didn't consider, like, how much uh, trouble their players were going to get in, mm-hmm. like how much temptation was going to be right there. Um, that's already causing big problems for them. Like, my first thought when I read the news was, oh, poor Darren Waller. Like, why do you got to put him in Las Vegas? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, Henry Ruggs... Uh, 
there's more. Like it's just the first one popping into my brain, but there was it's around not good. three first round picks. Or no, it was two first like round picks. Damon Arnett, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not good for Oakland. And I can't tell if they suck or not. Uh. <laughs> like it's really been good for Oakland that Russell Wilson has imploded because I think they'd get a lot more grief. They were like the last team to get a win. It took them a month to figure out Josh Jacobs is good. Do you know that they have a plus 13 scoring differential? <sighs> and, and the next team, the Chargers, has a minus 25 scoring differential. <laughs> um, you know, Justin Herbert, uh, much like Josh Allen before him and not Jordan Love, uh, was doubted by many, but has come into the NFL. It again, sorry. No, that's all He's good, come man. into the NFL and had great success, like immediately. Uh, he throws for a lot of yards. Um, I've seen Brandon Staley get a lot of grief for his fourth down decisions, but they're always backed honestly, by data. Yeah, I just like that he has a model and sticks to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start deviating from it, that's like when you get in trouble. But if you just always do what it says, you know. People like use the word analytics, and then it becomes like a catch-all term, right? Mm-hmm. But like those models consider like uh, the down and distance, how much time is left, the weather conditions, the quality of previ- the other team, previous outcomes, quality yeah. of opponent, quality of self. So like, yeah, use them. You know, it's not don't just use your gut or like the wind, how you're feeling that day. Don't use like no use. Don't them. use the emotion. Um, yeah, I am a pretty big Brandon Staley guy, even though usually I don't support defensive coaches getting yeah. promotions. Yeah, um, so like, coach. if I gave you like a die, and I was like, okay, roll it, and do you think this is going to be over two? And you say, yeah, it's going to be over two, and then it's one. Like, like, like you, you were on the right side of that, but it just didn't work out. That's yeah, how probabilities work. <laughs> and like the the other side of that coin is I can agree with a decision to go for it and disagree with a play call. I'm sorry, babe. Like they on fourth and one. Triple option on fourth yeah. and four. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yes, go for it. No, don't take the ball out of your best player's hand on the crucial play. Like, you know. These these thoughts can exist simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I, I think the Chargers are undervalued. I think the Chargers are much better than their record last year or even so far this year indicates. I don't think that they're. It's I don't just think that they're, they're great. And I don't think health. they're gonna make the playoffs. Interesting. I think they're the second best team in the AFC West, and I think that team makes the playoffs on default with the seven team format. Sadly, um, it says Chargers next to their name, so, uh, <laughs> so no. nothing good can happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, moving on to the eventual AFC West winner, we have the Chiefs. Um, I traded for Pat Mahomes in our Dynasty Fantasy Football League this season, and I'm loving it. He seems great. I gotta say, I wish I could have started rooting for this for this guy sooner. Uh, he's tremendous. So is Travis Kelsey. Uh, I thought Clyde Edwards Elaire was reemerging for a moment, but that seems over. Uh, still scheming up good defense despite the lack of big names. Business as usual for Andy Reid and company, one of the best coach teams, some of the highest, most elite offensive talent in the whole league. What's not to like? 
Yeah, um, I don't like any of these people. Um, <laughs> I don't like Mahomes. I'm not crazy about Andy Reid. Uh, see, I can simultaneously say that I don't like Mahomes and that Andy Reid is only carried by high tier talent. Uh, <laughs> I don't like I don't like watching Travis Kelsey. I, I I'm glad Tyree Kill's no longer there. Me too. No, that's why I didn't talk about him during Miami. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't like him. Um, but he's God too good at God. football. Um, sorry, my dog is barking in the bath in the background. But we are 85 minutes in, so I am not cutting this. Um, yeah, that's it for the AFC. Now let's get to the NFC. Um, so I guess let's start with the NFC beast. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, let's start with the team that once had no name, but is now called the Commanders. Mm-hmm. And let's check in on Carson Wentz, working on his third team. Already some locker room problems. I saw that Ron Rivera completely laid him out to dry in the media, which mm-hmm. is a great sign. Um, just not great vibes. I mean, it's from Snyder down, isn't it? Anything you'd like to say about your former favorite team, Deer Hunter? Uh, no. Terry McLaurin needs help. Get him out of there. Um, Montez Sweat needs help. Get him out of there. Um, everyone else I do not care about. So we're on to the G, man. Gross. Um, honestly, this has probably been the biggest NFL surprise. It's how fast Daniel Jones and the G-Men have turned it around without any receivers. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Uh, yeah, this has been a really weird one, but you have to give the credit to Brian Dable, the new staff there, coming from Buffalo. They've done a tremendous job. I saw a stat that Daniel Jones was number three in expected points added per drop back in the NFL, which kind of blew my mind. Uh, this Danny Dimes we're talking about, the guy who was like Jameis Winston-esque in terms of uh, turnover-worthy play proneness just last season. Um, really impressive start for them, 5-1. and one. The Giants, didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, me either. Um, I know that they didn't pick up his uh, fifth-year option, that they regret that now. Um, how 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 worried are they? I honestly have no way of answering that question. Like, like you have to be kind of. Surely they're sweating it though, just like instant reaction. Like, like, like you're gonna get stuck with this guy for a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, and you can't. At the end not of the day, you're happy them. to see your first round pick quarterback play well, are they? and you'll figure out the money. But like, you are they happy to see him do great? I mean, I don't know. Does, They're using him as a wrecking ball because they don't have a contract on him. Like, I mean, if they were going to give him the fifth-year option, that's the average of top five at his position. So, I mean, even though Daniel Jones is playing well, will he command a contract of that value? I suspect not. Yeah, yeah, you're but probably IDK, right. He's the best quarterback they had since Eli, so maybe they'll pay him the moon. And they paid Eli a lot of money. Oh, they did. Yeah. So I guess I guess next is a quarterback that did get paid a lot of money. Um, Dak Prescott in Dallas. Oh yeah. Well, I'm certainly not going to say a mean thing about him on this podcast. Can you imagine how unwise that would be? Dak's the best. Right. Um, I, Cooper I think Rush miss... definitely isn't better. Yeah, I think they'll miss Amari Cooper. Um, 
the decision to pay Zeke still kind of haunts them from a team building perspective. Um, but the rookie they drafted, not this season, last season, Parsons, who mm-hmm. had some very Penn State allegations during his time there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he's just been a revelation. Yeah, he's uh, really good at football. Really, really good at football. <laughs> like, so good that I totally get how he got away with that. Yeah, yeah, they like, were talking like, this guy's going to fall off a draft board. Yeah. This guy's really good at football. <laughs> <laughs> like, buddy, Micah Parsons would have to commit serious war crimes. Like, not your average middle of the day. Not your average crimes. Penn State. Um, yeah, but he's yeah. really, really good. Trayvon but, Diggs um, is it's kind also of the good. Same, yeah, true. But it's kind of like the same old story you've been hearing forever with the Cowboys. Probably not run the most efficiently, but they have a lot of elite talent and a pretty darn good quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to compete in the NFC East year to year, for sure. This year will be no different. And that brings us to the Eagles. They're the last team we're going to talk about in this division. I've noticed a trend of us waiting to talk about the favorites. Until um, I'm definitely looking at the standings and going yes. from the bottom. That's wise of you. <laughs> um, gee, you know, I, at the very beginning of this, I said the Bills were like big-time Super Bowl contenders. You know, I don't think the Chiefs are far behind them. But then to me, it's the Eagles. Like, they're number three, and they're definitely the class of the NFC. Yeah, they're, they're so good. Nick Sirianni, Sirianni, since he got here, has been doing what Jalen Hurts is good at. And there's not a lot of coaches in the NFL that that will kind of like put down like what their system is and then just adapt it to what their quarterback is good at. But but he's done it, and Jalen Hurts looks great right now. He does look great. Honestly, their offense reminds me a lot of Lane Kiffin's. Yeah. Like it's... It really works well. Um, just make the, the easy throws, get the guy, get the numbers. Then it works better later in the game than it did at the beginning because yeah. you're wearing out bodies. On the and then you could just go get some insane talent at wide receiver. Yeah, and it's hard to imagine a world where they don't finish as the number one seed in the NFC when you look at their schedule. Yeah. Like, um, there just aren't any games from now until they host a playoff game where you don't think they'll be favored. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that brings us to the NFC North, and I guess we're going to start with the Detroit Lions. Hard knocks. America's team, uh, they've been knocked around pretty hard since then, haven't they? We've discovered this is the worst defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, gee, Jared Koff does not look like a franchise quarterback. No, no. I haven't seen a lot of DeAndre Swift. No. And now Amon Ross St. Brown himself is hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just not a lot of positives here for Dan Campbell's units, despite uh, a swell of optimism in and, August. Um, during watching um, Hard Knocks, did you ever notice that none of, like, all of the stuff in the building was all about, like, it's not about how hard you get hits, how hard you get back up. It's, uh, it's just a bunch of stuff from coming back from sucking. There's nothing right. there. It's like, let's go. We, we did it. It's, <laughs> it's just a sad, sad place. I think Dan I Campbell may be Detroit a Lions football. I think Dan Campbell may be bad at being a head coach. Um, at some point, losing close games comes down to someone. And, yeah. You know, 
soon, sooner than later, it'll be Hammer the OC. And once the first domino falls there, you know the second one will eventually. Mm-hmm. So, so now we get to go to my new, my new favorite team. Your new boo, the Bears. Yeah, yeah Chicago Bears. Um, I, I, I'm just going to take a one-game sample size of this team, and, and I'm going to take it from our most recent game. It's a great idea. You want to be optimistic. Dude, Justin Fields is so good, bro. <laughs> Dude, 13 for 21, 179 yards passing. Wow. Uh, ran for 82 yards. Defense was great against the Patriots. That, that's just a good team right now. Good organization. Ah, gee, I wish I could agree with the honor. I wish I, uh, I, I, wish I could agree with me, Drew. And, and like join in on the positivity train. Uh, I'm a big Khalil Herbert fan. The Monday night um, game was fun, though. Don't you pay David Montgomery. Don't pay, don't pay running backs. Uh, especially when you already have one that's better on your team. Mm-hmm. And, and your quarterback um, is better at running than him. Really was hoping this was going to be the season we'd see some offensive line improvement out of the unit in no. Chicago. Unfortunately, it's gone the other way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely hampering the development of Justin Fields. It's hard to get an accurate view of where he really is in his career. If you um, take the first game of the season and the last game that we saw, the dude's yeah. great. Yeah, like Hunter's optimism at the start of this Bears segment is not totally unfounded, but you know you could point to other games where he looked like one of, if not the worst quarterbacks in the whole league. There, there was a time where he wasn't going to qualify for like the end of year stats for a quarterback because he yeah. hadn't thrown enough, uh, and now and he may. <laughs> That's why the Bears are only going to win six games. Let's but talk about the Packers. Uh, another three and four team. I guess they're super disappointing as well. They did lose to the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> yeah, the Packers. Uh, this is really like the first time other than like playoff losses. You could say that like Matt LaFleur's unit has run into some adversity. This is the first like regular season adversity. And I'm not sure how they'll get through it because honestly, it's a talent problem. They mm. don't have anyone that like scares uh, defenses in terms of uh, receiving threats. They're really sinking down on Dylan and Jones. And despite all the arm talent Aaron Rodgers has, they don't have the weapons to complete big passes down the field on I a mean, especially basis. when all they'll do is throw it to who's the old dude that he keeps on bringing back to him? Randall Cobb? Oh, yeah, that's him. Um, um, I was a big Christian Watson fan in the draft. Uh, kind of your prototypical, like, Braylon Edwards type. Uh, size, speed, can win down the field vertically. Struggles at the catch point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, really tough landing spot for Christian with Green yeah, Bay. Uh, like, at first, you want to be happy rookies. that he found an elite quarterback, but then, like, he had a few drops and really irritated Aaron Rodgers, and that was the end of that. Surely Aaron Wasn't didn't it? throw him underneath the bus. No, um, not on a Pat McAfee interview. Aaron would never do that. He's a humble guy. Um, mm-hmm. And that brings us to the best team in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings. The Purple People Eaters, another yeah. big surprise, kind of like the G-Men. Uh, new coach and new good results. Yeah, um, 
I don't know what happened, but Cam Dantzler is now good at football. Um, I, I've been I've been Should waiting be for that one center. for a while. I had to get the Mississippi State thing in. Um, of course. But but yeah yeah, that, that's that's what kind I got. Kind of was a similar story to when we were talking about the Bears and hoping their O line would get better. The Vikings have gotten a bit better up front. Uh, they really modernized uh, their play calling and their tendencies and yeah, they like, they line up their like decision making on offense. Yeah, they do a lot of fun stuff. It's uh, so Kevin fun. O'Connell is of the Sean McVay tree, which is a much different tree than the Marvin Lewis tree. So <laughs> uh, much different systems in place now for the Vikings and much different results. It's been fun for them so far. Okay. Now with that one out of the way, we, we have two good divisions coming up soon. Um, so first, let's do the NFC South. And it's a, little, it's a little weird looking at this one from the bottom up. Um, <laughs> Don't we start with the Saints? Yeah, yeah, we start with the New yeah. Orleans Saints. She, you know, I, I was definitely higher on the Saints uh, in August than I am now. Mm-hmm. It's been disappointing. Um, the Pete Carmichael era as play caller it has not gone as smoothly as Saints fans and myself had hoped it would. Uh, the Jameis Winston second stint as a starter for the Saints did not go particularly well. That wasn't very pretty before he left with back injuries. And now officially, even though he's healthy again, Andy Dalton's playing over him, which just isn't a good look. It's like the Mendoza line in baseball, the Andy Dalton line. And if Jameis Winston is below it, it's <laughs> not where you want to be. <laughs> Um, still a lot of talent and still everything in front of these Saints. You know, they're still only one game out of the division lead, right? That's so stupid. Um, you know, this is obviously going to be that division this season where someone right at 500 or even right below 500 will make the playoffs. Um, honestly, my money's still on Tom Brady to come out of it, but the Saints are in it. They're going to be in this dogfight till the end, I suspect, because they don't have their first round pick. No, he said if she lose. Yeah. Okay, then the next team is the Carolina Panthers, uh, now ruleless. Um, yes, now and CMC-less. And CMC-less. Will they soon be Brian Burns or DJ Moreless? Uh, Brian, Bo- Brian Burns, yes. DJ Moore, no. That's my bad. Um, I would probably flip it. <laughs> That's how I see it. Anyway, um, just the opposite of what I just said about New Orleans and staying in this dogfight to the end. Uh, the Panthers have every incentive to lose. And they accidentally That's why won. they're putting P.J. Walker in, and it didn't go as planned. Um, but, yeah, they're going to be looking to pick a quarterback pretty high in the draft come this this, April, this next April, I should say. You're, t- and, you're saying Matt Corral isn't the answer? Well, we haven't seen him yet to find out if he is the answer. We won't. Um, My okay, next is team. Much, much uh, like Josh Rosen, uh, he'll be cast aside pretty quickly. <laughs> next team, the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons. This, this is a kind of fun team. It really is. Uh, much like the Titans, kind of a throwback, and it makes sense because that's where Arthur Smith got hired from. I'm a big Arthur Smith fan because he has military experience. Uh, he went to the academy. Only he and Bill Belichick can say that amongst NFL head coaches. And I think that's a really cool and unique. Uh, and like, honestly, you know, we've only ever seen it with one other guy and he was immensely successful at this job. 
and yeah, Arthur's been really good right. everywhere he's gone. Uh, the Titans' offense really hummed. They got the number one seed. The Falcons are funner than a lot of people thought they'd be so far in his tenure. He's and we re- haven't seen Ritter yet. Resurged Cordero Patterson from priority special teamer to offensive focal point. Um, the Kyle Pitts usage has been a little odd. Okay, more than a little odd. But alas, I'm still impressed with what Arthur's done, and I'm excited to see how he develops Desmond Ritter once we do see him. Yeah, and that brings us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gee, what do you say? I mean, just so much to get into. Um, honestly, I knew it was all going to go downhill for these Bucks when Antonio Brown quit on my fantasy team in the title game. That was like a harbinger of doom for them. Um, Is Gisela a witch? Hard to say, hard to say, Uh, not for me to say. But when you look at 20 years of data of Tom Brady winning every season, suddenly there are rumors that his soon to be ex-wife could be a witch and hexing him and he starts losing. I don't think it's a coincidence, Hunter. He's lost to the Steelers and Panthers. (laughs) What are we doing here? Like the Steelers and Panthers. Kenny Pickett, TJ Walker, two. Tom Brady, zero. And and that's honestly all I have for them. Like, I mean, I have nothing to add. That team is just... It's what are you doing here? I know that there are injuries. I know you're on your, like, your third center or whatever. But, um... This is supposed to be like your win now window. You're not in cap purgatory for a couple more seasons. And you're blowing it. So get it together soon. You're lucky the rest of your division is also falling apart. But if you don't pick up the pieces soon, uh, pitchforks and uh, torches. Yeah. Um, so that, I, I guess, I guess let's go to our last division. The NFC West. Um, Fun one. Maybe the most surprising. Maybe. Um, Essentially, I mean, all the NFL divisions are hard to predict. And, yeah. and all of these teams are about even. <laughs> yeah. So, a lot so, of parity this So season. at the bottom, we have the Arizona Cardinals at 3-4. and four. And and I'll go off a little bit on this one. Um, <laughs> so, so, you, so you watch Arizona games. Um, you see Kyler put up numbers. You ever see a Kyler highlight and you're like, wow, that was a good play call by Cliff Kingsbury. No, it's Kyler having to bail out Cliff Kingsbury because he's a bad coach. Um, I, don't like, I don't like Cliff Kingsbury. I like Kyler. But this team is weirdly kind of okay. My problems with Arizona reach far above Cliff Kingsbury. It's their owner. His name's Michael Bidwell. Uh, you know, you saw their GM pick Josh Rosen and get a DUI in 12 months and keep his job and get to pick Kyler and attach himself to Kyler and rehire a second coach. He fired Steve Wilkes after one season and he gets to hire Cliff Kingsbury. Got to hire a coach that That's got fired from Texas Tech. You can't Tech. be surprised by this result. You, they hired... They hired their head coach from uh, USC as they were hiring him, not as the head coach, as an offensive coordinator. 
You know, I don't believe the Cardinals have ever won a Super Bowl before. I know they're one of the least successful NFL franchises in history, despite being around since the 70s. Michael Bidwell's a big part of that. It's ownership for them. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess if we're talking about least successful, let's talk about one of the most successful, the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, uh, one of the oddest NFL enterprises uh, manned by former analyst John Lynch and son of legendary coach Mike Shanahan, Kyle. Uh, Didn't go to plan at all for them. Uh, They were thinking this would be a season of getting Trey Lance ready and hopefully still having a good enough roster to carry him to the playoffs, get his feet wet, and then start the journey with him. But that's not happening because all those plans uh, fell apart in the mud against the Bears in September. And and now they're weirdly in win-now mode. Well, they're right back where they were last season when they made the NFC title game. It's back to Jimmy and wait and see with Trey. Let's just wait. I love this team. I love Kyle. They're so odd. Um, I, I miss him in Cleveland. I wish he had just gotten a head coach job and we had hired him too soon. Um, but alas, it's hard not to root for one of the weirdest weirdest outfits in the NFL, the 49ers. Yeah. Um, next, um, another one of the teams that I don't like, the L.A. Rams. Go ahead, do the thing where you talk about the coach and then you're like, how can you not like this guy? Um, <laughs> I don't feel that way about Sean McVay, to be honest. Thank God. Their GM is so good. Yeah. Uh, coming, from, coming from the Saints tree, Mickey Loomis. Um, obviously, you know, I think they're starting to see the ramifications of their aggressive strategies over the past few seasons. Uh, it doesn't matter so much when you can just smash your six-round picks out of the water the way that they have. When you look at uh, Williams, the corner they've gotten, uh, Taylor Rapp, the safety, um, all the edge talent they get that is just picked up off the scrap heap. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really impressive what Mickey does to keep that team afloat with spare parts. Um, But obviously you've got a lot of elite talent in the likes of Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, dare I even say Matt Stafford. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, like of course. Oh, I love Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. You got me on that one. A <laughs> um, lot of O-line deficiencies they're trying to work around this season. Uh, they're definitely not as good as the outfit that ultimately won the championship last season. Um, I think the Super Bowl hangover is also very real. Uh, Sean McVay went into deep negotiations with some networks to take an analyst position. And that's not a good sign when you think about maybe where his heart and head is really at. Uh, That's about all I have to say regarding the Rams, though. Free Cam Akers, I guess. Okay. So that leaves us to the last team in the NFL. Wow. Um, People thought that this team was going to be one of the worst teams in NFL history. Um, (laughs) It's time to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. It's time to give Pete Carroll his flowers, isn't it? What a legendary coach. Um, I mean, really, as, as football fans, what would we think of Pete if he had just given it to Marshawn? 
that one time and Russell Wilson hadn't thrown the ball to Malcolm Butler. Like I think we'd think a lot differently about Pete. Pretty impressive resume. He was good at USC. Like this side of Bill Belichick, they don't get much better than Pete Carroll. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Anyway, uh, the resurgence of Chino Smith, I uh, didn't see that coming. Didn't that reminds back. me of when Teddy Bridgewater got like five starts as a backup, and then he was relied on to be a starter, and it went terribly. Mm-hmm. I thought that was how it was going to go for Gino, but uh, yeah, he did not write back. What a stupid team. <laughs> Silly, yeah. Like, you'd think they, you know, they, they should be burned at the stake for picking Kenneth Walker when they're trying to rebuild. Don't pick a running back. And he looks great, and he's leading them to wins, and they lead their super competitive division without Russell Wilson because they need a guy like that. Because Russ was the problem. Because he was doing high knees on the plane. He was too short. He couldn't see over the. He couldn't see over the lineman. Yeah. The yeah, that's it. But I, I guess that's it for for this episode of Inside the NFL with Going for Two. I can't thank you enough for having me on. I've had a blast talking about the league with you this season. Yeah, it's a good time. This I is gonna hope be you appreciated our, me. This is going to be our longest episode ever. But, wow. I'm um, very grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming. Of course. Okay, everyone. Well, that was a, that was, that was a pretty long episode, not going to lie. Um, I think it may be one of the first times we've gone over 100 minutes. Um, it was fun having people on. Uh, thank you all for listening um, if, if you all ever have any suggestions to the show just reach out to us um, at going for two with Jack Taylor actually at going for two but yeah yeah, that, that was pretty fun uh, can't wait for Jack to be back next week it's a whole lot easier with him but but let us know if you liked having the guest on and a little bit of like the different stuff we did so with that being said thank you all so much for listening this was Going for two with Jack Taylor. I miss Jack. No, I'm not singing for you, Jack.